0: verse 27. Again, what an honor to see everyone in the house of the Lord today. So good to see Jake back from State Trooper School. He's not done yet, but he's home and I and, and God's doing a great work with him there at that school. They've made him the, the, the class chaplain and he's been praying over guys, and, but I knew that was going to happen. I knew that was going to happen. God, God has a mighty hand on his life and amen. Everywhere we go, people want to know who we are. Now, if you don't really, if, if you've never been in the army, you don't know nothing about that. Or maybe if you played football, maybe you might you know something about that. And, but everywhere we go, we bring the kingdom with us. We're ambassadors. The Bible calls us ambassadors. That means everywhere I put my foot is sovereign territory. This space occupied by me is sovereign, owned by a different kingdom. And so I have no doubt that God's doing a great work with him there. Amen. And good to see Brother Denham Crawford in the house today. He probably shouldn't be here. He had back surgery this past week, and he probably should be at home. But he's a Marine. You can't tell him nothing. And so he's in the house, and we're praying for a speedy recovery for him in Jesus' name. And I know I'm probably missing somebody, but I'm just so glad every one of you are here. I'm just I'm so thankful for it today. Watch in John chapter 4, beginning in verse 27. This is what the Bible says to us. And <clears throat> upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. He marveled that he talked with her. Yet no man said, what seekest thou? Or why talkest thou to her? They just thought, they didn't even say it. They just thought it. We know how that is when we just, we think something, but we don't say it. They marveled that he talked with the woman. And verse 28 says, The woman then left her water pot pot, and went her way into the city and saith unto the men, Come and see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. In the meantime, in between that time, while his disciples uh, prayed him, saying, Master, eat. You gotta eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. He said, therefore said disciples one to another, hath any man brought him something to eat? How did he eat? Did somebody bring him something to eat? Jesus said unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Somebody say finish his work. That's my job. He said, say not ye, there are yet four months and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, Lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white, all ready to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true. One soweth, another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored. And ye are entered into their labors. Amen. If you haven't figured it out yet, I know you probably got a button when you came in today. You haven't figured it out yet. Our theme for 2022, our vision for 2022 is harvest. Everybody shout it with me real loud. Shout harvest. Harvest. Shout it again. Harvest. Harvest. Now say it like this. The harvest harvest is ready. ready. Say it again. The harvest is ready is ready amen Amen. and you may be seated in His presence amen when i finish my sermon today before we leave i have just a few announcements for you today but um in between now and then i want to share with you a little bit about this story if you don't know the story of jesus talking to the woman at the well then um you'll have to uh you're missing a little bit of context here, and, and, and I like to bring context to, to, to the words that, that I bring, to the concepts that I bring. Um, when Jesus is speaking to the woman at the well, he's in a place called Samaria. His, him and his disciples are on a journey to a location. On the way to that journey, they are going to get food. And Jesus says to them, well, I have to go to Samaria. Samaria. He says it like this, I must needs go through Samaria. Now, I don't have really a whole lot of time today. The the problem with Vision Sunday is this. I normally have what I'm going to preach, and and, and the Lord has already led me to to something about a month and a half to two months before I get here. So I have too much time. And by the time I really get ready to preach it, I got about an hour and a half of stuff. And y'all don't want to sit here for an hour and a half. Okay, I thought somebody was going to at least amen me right there. That would been a good place to go. You're right. Right on, preacher. We don't want to stay here for an hour and a half. I know, so I'm, I'm going to make this as quick as I can, but I'm trying to lock, lock some things in now. If you talk about geography and where everything is at, Samaria is out of the way. Samaria is not on the path. You would have to go up to Samaria when, if you wanted to keep going the way you were going into Jerusalem, you would just stay on the path. Samaria was not on the way. Look at your neighbor and tell him it's not on the way. On the way. What, what, what God's about to do is not on the way. All right, I'm going to get that in a minute. Um, so they, they, they're not going the And so the disciples say, Well, we're going to go get something to eat. And they leave Jesus as he goes to Samaria. And Jesus goes up to Samaria. And there, when he gets there about midday, it's lunchtime, obviously, because they're hungry. He gets there, and when he gets to this place in Samaria, there is a woman alone sitting at a well. Now, again, I have too much time on my hands to really dig out all these little nuances, but you don't really go to the well in the middle of the day. Everybody goes to the well in the morning and gets their water. But this woman, we're gonna find out in just a few moments, she got a little bit of a past. Uh, She got five husbands. And the, and, the, and, the, and the man she's with now ain't even her husband. A little drama there. A little Jerry Springer happening in the scriptures. Right, there's, there's, there's a problem here. And, and so we know that she's probably not really welcomed into the community as much as some would be. And so she's getting water at a time where nobody would get water. So she don't have to be really around people. And so she's sitting there getting water and Jesus comes. And she says to him, uh, he says to her, he said, he said woman, uh, get me water. And, and she says, well, you don't have nothing, uh, you don't have nothing to, to, to get water with. Uh, where, where am I going to put the water? I'm going to pour it in your hand? What, what am I going to do with the water? And Jesus says to her, he said, woman, if you knew who was asking you for water, you would say, Lord, it is you. Who needs to give me water? And so he begins to ex- explain to her who he is. In a roundabout way, he begins to tell her, he's, he begins to tell her, he said, you know your fathers worshipped in this mountain and they didn't know what they were worshipping. He said, but the time is coming and is about to be where the true worshiper shall worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And he begins to talk to her and she says, well, uh, I, you know, I got a past. And, and, and Jesus says, well, I know your past. He said, I know for a fact you got five husbands and the man you with now is not even your husband. And, and as he's talking to the woman, here come the disciples. Awkward. <laughs> Jesus is like, hey, you know, guys, y'all go. I got to go to Samaria. You gotta, you see this whole thing play out in context. Jesus is like, hey, I got to go to Samaria. For some reason, Jesus has really got to go through Samaria. When they find Jesus, he's chilling with a woman by the well. And Jesus is single. Hello, how you doing? And the disciples say it in their head, they go, why is he talking to this woman? This is awkward, he shouldn't be here today. No wonder he wanted to come through Samaria. I ain't know what's popping off in Samaria like this. So they come up and, and they want to ask him questions, but the Bible says that none of them say anything about it. Number one, it's awkward. He's a single man talking to a, a, a strange woman at the well. And, and number two, uh, he's a Jew and she's a Samaritan, which is a half Jew, which is almost seen with, with, with disdain. And, and even Jesus would tell another Samaritan woman at some point in the Bible, in the New Testament, he'll tell her that God didn't bring me to give meat to the dogs. Called them Dogs. Yeah, and so this this is a weird moment for the disciples and they're like, I don't understand this. Well, when they come, the woman is excited because she's seeing what's happening. She's been prophesied to. She believes that he's the Christ. So she gathers up her water pot and she runs into town. Yeah, she runs into town. She tells everybody everything. Now here is where I wanna preach to you from. It's in between the time that the the city comes out to see Jesus and the time that the lady left. In this meantime, the disciples begin to talk to Jesus. And they, he knows what's in their heart, in their head. But they say to him, Jesus, you need to eat. You know, we've already eaten. We, We walked a long way. You walked all the way up here. You got to be hungry. And Jesus says to them, Oh, I got, I, got, I got food you don't know about. And they're still thinking naturally. Oh, hallelujah. See, a lot of times God is wanting to do something among us. I feel this in the Holy Ghost, that God is wanting to do something among us, and we can't see it because we're still thinking about fruity pebbles and steak and potatoes. And, and God's trying to show us, I, I have meat to eat that you know not of. And, and, and we want to see something natural in the natural realm and something that is uh, tangible, something we can touch and something that is quantifiable, some way that we can make it add up. And they were wondering, they wondered to themselves, who gave him food? Where did he get food from? How did he eat? They're talking amongst themselves like, Jesus ate? Who brought him food? He's saying he, got, he has meat to eat that we know not of. Where's the, where's the, where's the beef? Where is it at? They're wanting to see a natural manifestation of his spiritual words. Oh, hallelujah. God is about to show us a spiritual thing. And if we cannot shift from a natural mindset, come on, somebody. If we cannot shift from a natural mindset into a spiritual mindset, we'll miss the meat. We'll miss what God's trying to do. We can't think of what it used to be. We can't think of how it used to happen. We can't think in a natural term. What God wants to do with the end time church cannot be natural. It must be supernatural. I have meat to eat that you know not of. And he said, my meat is to do the will of my father. My meat, my, my sustaining food is to do God's will. And they're looking at him like a crazy man. And he says, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Can I just say something to Truth Chapel right now? Look around the room. Look at all the people sitting here. and And, and, and imagine that there's probably about 60 to 70 people that could not be here today for different reasons. If those 60 to 70, maybe another 100 people were able to be here today, we would not have room to fit them. Look at at what God's doing. And and here's what I want you to imagine. As you look across this room, what, what, what I want you to do is I want you to imagine everybody with a jersey on, like a basketball jersey with a number on it. And I want you to see that the jerseys with those numbers on it, 1, 23, 8, 24. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. You're picking up on it? Okay. 33, Scottie Pippen. You know. I'm old. <laughs> I don't know nobody's numbers today, so don't ask me. And look around the room. And they're all the same color, different numbers. We have different positions that we play. But all the same colored jerseys. Our skin is different. But the jersey's the same. I want you to look around the room and I want you to see the team that God has you on. Oh yeah. Look around the room and see the team. It's all the same. We, we play different roles. We play different positions. Sometimes I'm in the game and you're on the bench and sometimes you're in the game and I'm on the bench but we look around the room. This is the team that God put us on. Yeah. And look, 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 look. What I love about it is I, kind of, I, I know some of y'all are already thinking this. Let me, let me help you pull it out of your mind real quick. I'm not the coach. Thank God. I'm like the assistant to the assistant coach. Because I got a pastor. I got a bishop that that tells me what to do. So I'm not even really the assistant coach. I'm like the assistant to the assistant coach. I'm I'm the guy that holds the playbook while the coach tells us what to do. That's all I am. Everybody look up. Everybody listen up. Everybody listen up. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm as clueless as y'all is. But I know the Lord's got a plan. <laughs> Show us, Lord. I need you to go here. I need you to do that. I need you to post up right here. I need you to move around here. And here's what the enemy is going to try to do. He's going to try to ke- come in the back door. But I want you to close him off. I want the prayer team to intercede and block him at the... This is the team. Yeah. Listen. And guess what team we on? Listen. This is this is amazing. I said all this because I wanted to get to this point. It's amazing. G- g- guess what team we on? We're on the end time team. Yeah. Yeah. Meaning there's not a lot of time left on the clock. God is coming back. Listen, they're putting chips in people all over the world, even right here. It's about to get crazy. We are already seeing the mark of the beast right now. And, and, and I'll tell you why. Now listen, we live in an America. Thank God we're insulated for some of this. But there's countries right now, if you don't have a vax card, you can't buy. If you don't have a vax card, you can't shop. You can't go to, to places of business. That, that, listen, I'm not telling when, when I was a kid, people would talk about, this stuff's coming. But I'm not saying that today. I'm telling you this stuff is here. It's happening. Oh, yeah. And I'm not saying that the vax is the mark of the beast. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is it is creating a path. The path is being created. The trees are being cut down. The road is being paved by this thing. And once the road gets paved, it's gonna be easy because broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. So, so don't get scared though. I, I, I'm not here to preach fear. I'm here to preach awareness. God don't want no fearful church. What God wants is a church that will realize, wait a minute, you chose me to be on the end time team? You could have put me at any point in dispensation. But you picked me to be on the team at the end of this thing? And me and you both know that you don't put in the whack squad at the end of the game. You put in the best of the best. Oh, this is a supernatural team. This is an anointed team. This is a ready team. This is a team who knows what we got to do in the end time to see revival. And to get a harvest you know I feel I feel like I feel like we got to really say and listen to what Jesus is saying in that 38th verse when he says I sent you for first of all he said I come to he said my job is to finish the work we're here to finish it I don't know if it'll happen in my lifetime but I'm pretty sure my children will see the return of the Lord yeah They will see him coming back on the clouds. Yeah, it's going to happen. And so we have to finish the work. But here's what he said in verse 38. He says, I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor. He said, I don't need you. To put seed in the ground for harvest. I See, I'm going to help you all here just a little bit today. Because we all want to take some kind of credit for what's already happened here at Truth Chapel. No. Do you know why Truth Chapel has happened so easily? Now, I say easily. Now, I've been through hell. And some of y'all been through hell. I got a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and drama still going on right now. It hasn't been easy. I'm not going to say it's been easy, but here's what I'll say. God has opened a path for this church. But I've always said, I've always said this here at True Chapel. I don't believe it's just us. I believe it's anybody in this season that will commit and get involved, God will open the door for them. Any church, anywhere, it's not, not just us we not special. The time is special. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. We're not special. The time is special. Don't, don't look around here and go, mm, but ain't we so awesome? Ain't we so good? No, we just in the right place at the right time. We didn't put none of this in the ground. We've invested here. Yes, we have. We've we, we sacrifice here. Absolutely. But I want to tell you that we are receiving something right now in this dispensation that we did not labor for. We did not labor for this. Other men labored for this. You see, I'm, I'm only 40. I'm about to be 43 here in a few weeks. And I'm, I'm a relatively young man. But let me, let me tell you something. I remember... This is a memory in my head. I remember going to the Bible bookstore in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and there was a whole section in the Bible bookstore that was all the information you needed to save you from the satanic Pentecostal apostolic movement. Books, pamphlets, some of y'all remember this. We were evil, strange fire, Possessed by demons and devils. Some of y'all don't know nothing about this. We were called a cult. We were called evil people until they started speaking in tongues on TBN. Facts. Until the Holy Ghost got on some of them people that believed we were a cult. And, and, And what it was, it was men of God who were tired of reading books and started reading Bibles. They had been so educated, they missed out on the, on, on the favor of God. But all, and what they did is they started reading that Bible, and they said, wait a minute. If Paul got it, if Peter got it, if Mary got it, if Matthew, Mark, Luke, John got it, if the, if, 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 if the people in Samaria got it, if Cornelius and his household got it, if John's disciples got it, and if Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, forbid no man to speak in tongues, and I speak in tongues, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Men started reading the Bible, instead of reading books. They said, maybe it is for me. And when they received it, it started shifting. But before the shift, there were men of God that had their churches burnt to the ground. Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. You say, oh, yeah, that, that's a storybook. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. That's not a that, storybook. It's not a storybook. Right sitting right here in this corner right here is, is a young man by the name of Colin Oxendine. Colin, stand up. Colin, Colin Oxendine's my cousin. Now, he calls me uncle, but he's my cousin. Colin Oxendine's grandfather, my uncle, Bishop Earl, started the first ever apostolic church in Pembroke, North Carolina. And right after they built it, the Baptist church down the street got so fired up one night in a, in a Holy Ghost, what, what they consider to be a Holy Ghost revival, they marched down to the Pentecostal church that he, his grandfather, my uncle, built, and they burned it to the ground. That's in our lifetimes. That's, that, that, that's, that's one generation removed from me and him. There were men and women of God who went before us. Thank you, Colin. There were men and women of God that went before us and withstood the enemy they put this in the ground. Because ain't nobody wanting to burn this church down. Uh, and listen, I know I'm, I'm, I'm getting off a little bit here on, on really what I want to say, but I wanna, I'm trying to make a point to you today. What, what I'm trying to make a point to you is is that God has opened to us an exceedingly great door and all he wants us to do now is walk through and get the harvest He told his disciples, he said, I'm putting you in a place where you bestowed no labor. And you have entered into now their labors. But can I even take it farther back to you from my dad and my uncle? I'll go farther back and I'll go to a man named Jesus that spread his arms on a tree. And his, he died to save the world. He died for every sin you ever committed. And anybody you know ever committed. He gave his life. He sowed the greatest seed ever sown. It was the seed of salvation. It was the seed of redemption. It was the seed of adoption. We did nothing. He did everything. And now the harvest is ready! Yeah, yeah. We bestowed no labor to make this happen. We're here now. All he's looking for is for willing participants. Mm. Yeah. He said. In Luke 10, 1 and 2, he said, After these things the Lord appointed another 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place whither he himself would come. Therefore he said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into the harvest. The harvest just needs laborers. The seed has been sown. The field has been plowed. The work has been done. Now God needs laborers. Just because the work has been done doesn't mean the work is over. Because when I say harvest, 2022, we're all imagining the magic wand of the abracadabra could do Jesus to come on down and just give us victory. We're like, harvest, we're about to receive it. It's about to be fantastic. Harvest, it's about to come. However, I got a few farmers in the room. I asked Brother Bentley Cannon before service, I said, I need you to amen me today. He's my resident farmer. You know, when, 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 we, when we preach about harvest in the church, when we say, man, harvest is coming, this is the year of harvest, when we preach about those things, it's exciting, and, and we all shout, and we're like, man, God's about to do it. But really what we should be saying is God's, a, God's already done it. Now we are about to do it. You see? There's a difference. Oh, man, God made a way. Yeah, he did. The way has been made, now we got to do the work. See, because harvest is not the time to sit back and relax. You see, for the last couple of years, I've been working in this church. And I've been working in a natural way. I've been meeting. I've been talking. I've been strategizing. I, and I have been working, painting, and moving, and, and, and organizing. And, and, and sometimes, every once in a while, the Lord will let me supervise. And I've been supervising. And I've been working. And let me tell you what that work has done to me it has exhausted me. It's exhausted me mentally and physically. But let me tell you what else it has done it has energized me spiritually. Because what I see now is the product of the labor that's been put in. And so while some people may look and see this building and say look what the Lord has done. And I say those same things. Over the last few weeks the Lord has shifted my understanding. And when I look at this building now I don't say look what the Lord has done. I say Look what he's about to do. Thank all 22 of you. But I need the rest of the church to understand what I'm saying right now. This is not the time to sit back and crack up in the sweet tea and say, man, we really got it going on. No, 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 no. Look at what we got now. Look at what we can do now. Look at how we can affect the community now. Look at our location. We're on the four-lane highway. Look at the... It's not look what the Lord has done. It's look what he's about to do. Look at the opportunity. Look at what he's given us. He didn't give us this so we can stand around and go, man, ain't we doing good? He gave us this so that we could reap the harvest. Hey! He didn't give us bigger barns so we could brag about our barns. He gave us bigger barns because there's a bigger harvest. He gave us big. It's only the first, really, the first week of February. And I've already told three people this year listen, I can't come to your conference. I'm sorry. Hey, we got this big thing going. We want to do. I said, Hey, I can't come. I'm sorry. I know you want me to be there, but I can't. You know why? I got a church to build. Yeah. Oh, they say, They say, Oh, we saw you building on, on on Instagram. I thought your building's already built. I said, No, no, no. That's just the barn. Hey. You not, you not, you not understanding me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got a church to build. It ain't about rooms, it ain't about space. It's about harvest. It's about harvest. It's time to bring in the harvest. It's time to bring in the harvest. You hear me, True Chapel? Stop looking around and saying, man, ain't this great? It's time to say, who can I bring in here to see what God will do among us? It ain't time for Lazy Chair Church just because we got a nice building. I'd be okay if we tore the carpet up because we shouted too much. I'd be okay if we tore the chairs up because we kept knocking them around. Uh, I pray, I pray that we would wear out the cushions with our tears and not our posteriors. I pray that we come in here every Sunday waiting to see who will be gleaned next, what will be gleaned next, and bringing in people. Jesus is telling his disciples, you can be seated, I'm almost finished. Jesus was telling his disciples, he was trying to explain to them that I'm not sitting here talking to a woman, I'm working in the field. And the bride said, hand me a handful of that wheat. Just hand me a handful of it. He, He was trying to get his disciples to see like, I, like, I'm just not, I, I'm not standing here talking to this, to this woman, to this person. I'm not standing here just having a conversation. I'm working in the field. She is the harvest. Not only was she the harvest, but she was the key to the harvest. You see, the Samaritans in that moment are about to see Christ. But what the Samaritans don't know that 10 years after Jesus will die, Philip's gonna show up. And when Philip shows up, the Bible says that Philip will preach to them Jesus. And they will receive it because they met Jesus 10 years ago. Oh, you hear me? It's a C. Jesus knows that this is this. Jesus is talking to one woman. But the Bible will tell us that every person in the entire city of Samaria will be baptized in Jesus' name. Even the witches will be baptized in Jesus' name. There will be joy. There will be healing. There will be understanding. And the Bible will tell us that that when Philip is there, Preaching and teaching that Peter and, and John will hear about the revival and they will go to Samaria and they will lay hands on them and everybody in Samaria will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Jesus is sitting by the well planting a seed because he knows there's a harvest coming. There's a harvest on the way. Listen, if we want to go to the harvest, here's what we got to do. Jesus is telling them, this is the harvest. I'm I'm in the harvest laboring. This is my meat. This is my survival. You got to hear me. When Jesus told his disciples, when he left them, he said, I'm going to give you a great commission to go into all the earth. This is your meat. This is your survival. Some of you are not really surviving good in the church because you're not functioning in your role. Listen, on a team. On a team, some play center, some, some play guard, some play shooting guard, some play forward, power forward. This is just basketball, because that's really all I know about. And if you asked me about that Duke Carolina game last night, please don't. I, I got a bad spirit, I need to repent. Um, everybody plays different roles. However, we all got to know how to shoot the basketball. Right. I mean, I do something different than you do. You we play in a different part of the court. But the the, the getting this ball in the goal is really everybody's job, even though I stay low because I'm taller and wider than you are. And you stay out because you're smaller and more agile than me and you can move quicker. And and, and and you stay post or, or or you stay wing left or right because you can shoot really good and our job is to make the place so that we can get you the rock so that you can shoot because that's your job. but we all are working for the same purpose score right? So you may do something different in the church than I do in the church, but our job is the same.-. Huh. So don't say to me, I don't really really witness to people. I don't really talk to people. I don't really tell people about my church. I don't really tell them. Listen, if you're going to do what Jesus did to work in the harvest, number one, you're going to have to go out of your way. Jesus had to go out of his way. You got to go out of your way. You got to go out of your way. You have to leave your comfort zone. There's people in the church that won't get involved because they're not comfortable with it. Your comfort zone is going to keep you out of the harvest. And let me tell you what Jesus wants. Laborers in the harvest. Harvest, and Brother Bentley, you can help me. Harvest, we get up early and we stay late. Harvest, we work harder than any other season. We're happy. Harvest is a happy time. Because we're happy that all of our labors have come to this moment, but it's also a time of working. Yeah. We, we work all day long. We got to get the harvest in. We got to get the harvest in because if you, it, again, I need, you know, I wish I, I should have just told Brother Bentley Cannon to preach his message today. He would have done a better job at this part of it, but we have to get the harvest out of the field because if we leave the harvest in the field too long, the next season coming is a harvest killer. And let me tell you right now, the next season that's coming to this world, it is a season of judgment. The Bible tells us in Revelation about a harvest, but it ain't as cute as the one in John. The one in, and the one in Revelation is talking about an angel that will shove his sickle into the harvest. He will separate the wheat from the tare. The angel that will stick his sickle into the harvest and separate those who will go to heaven and hell as they are separated, as the harvest is pulled apart. We have to do our work now. We got to get the harvest out of the field. Oh, Listen, we got to get the harvest in the barn. Listen, listen, look, look. It's, uh, listen, I told you I had too much time to think about this message. I get, it's, it's so much, but the first thing we got to do is we got to go out of our way. We got to get out of our comfort zone. We have to talk to people that no one wants to talk to. Listen, I hope that this church is filled. I said it before. I said it again. I hope this church is filled up with wild boys and wild girls, some crazy folk that don't look like you, don't talk like you, don't smell like you. Just looking crazy and happy to be in God's presence. Hey, if you're in this room today and you really feel like you don't belong because you don't look like us or maybe you look a little bit different. Can I tell you, you do belong. I'm so glad you're here. We started this church for you. Not for us. And if we're going to be a fubu church, you know what a fubu church is, right? For us, by us. We're not, we're not, we're not going to be no fubu church. If that's what you want, I got some directions I can give you. But I want everybody in the room, church. You know why? Because we got to get the harvest out of the field and in the barn. Nobody takes the harvest and in the field... tries to get out the good. Nobody stands in the field and tries to, you know, do the nitty-gritty work. I'm coming. If, 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 if we get in the harvest and we keep trying to fix people, uh, if they, if we can just get them to look like us and talk like us. We'll let you come in when we get you just right. Listen, we don't use all this. 90% of this, 90% of this is trash. But we put it in the barn like it is. Then, 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 then we let the Lord do the threshing. Me and you don't want to thresh. Me and you want to pick. But the Lord says, I'll thresh. You let me get them in the barn, and I'll do the work. I didn't call you to be cleaners of men. I called you to be fishers of men. You hear me, Truth Chapel? There's a harvest coming so big, we're not going to have time to pick. We're going to say, Lord, do the work. Let them see the example. Let them see the example. And Lord, do the work in them. We got to bring people in that nobody wants to bring in. We got to bring in the women that go to the well alone because they got five husbands. And the one they win ain't the hub. We got to say, girl, we love you. Come on in. Well, I don't want to go to your church because I'm messed up. Or you messed up, but you're going to fit right up. You're going to fit right in that true chapel. Let me tell you, we got some messed up folk, but we're going to love you. Uh, you got to go out of your way. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. You got to talk to people that no one will talk to. You got to leave your comfort zone. And you got to realize the time. He sent me to finish. What, what we're about to do at this church is a finishing work. It is a finishing work. It's a finishing work. We can't, we, we can't, we can't rest in Zion. And get in our spiritual lazy chairs and just Slap high five and just be like, man, oh, isn't it so awesome? And it is awesome. I love it. Thank you for it. I had pastors text me this morning. I didn't even, I don't even know. They text me today. Pastors text me today and said, I saw that on on Instagram, it was your vision Sunday. I'm praying for Truth Chapel. We are all watching you and you are leading well. Pastors, great men of God that I look up to texting me. Talking about you're leading well, we're watching. What, what, what God's doing among us is a finishing work. And listen, there's sometimes that I am as uncomfortable as you are because I was raised in this. And so there's some moments when I'm just as uncomfortable as you are. I, I get it. I was raised in this, but the Lord said, listen, You can't change the message. But we can work on the method a little bit. What God's doing in the end time is a finishing work. He's drawing. His sickle is in the harvest. He's doing the work. All he needs is for people to go and gather. Here's, Here's what I prophesy to you today. I was about to say, tell you. And the Lord said, don't do that. Let me prophesy to you today that the Lord is about to open up to you opportunities to be kind and speak to people. But listen to me. What he is telling me is that when you do, there's going to be a supernatural response There's about to be a supernatural response in the Holy Ghost in this world for anyone who will just look and say, hey, you need to come to church with me. Do you know that Jesus loves you? Hey, listen, I know you're going through some stuff, but I'm telling you that God is the answer to your life. And the more uncomfortable it is for you, the more in the will of God, you know, you will be. There has to be somebody that will say, you know, I was on my way to Jerusalem, the comfortable place, the comfortable people, the comfortable position. But I just feel an overwhelming desire to go to Samaria. There's something pulling me. Oh, they're, they're, they're not ready for it. I, I really don't care. Oh, I don't, I don't know if I'd go to Samaria that might not be the right answer no listen y'all can go go get you some lunch I just I got to go to Samaria there's a field waiting there's a harvest this year I talked to the team about this just a few days ago and we made some changes because my spirit's changing I told him, I said, you know, every year we have, I love my church Sunday. How many, how many loves it when we have, I love my church Sunday. It's amazing. This year it's going to be July the 2nd, if I'm not, I'm correct, July the 2nd, it'll be the Sunday before the 4th of July and we're going to have a big time. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be the 3rd, July the 3rd, um, because on the 2nd, we're going to do something in this city because we're not going to have, I love my church Sunday anymore. We're going to have, I love my city Sunday. God, God just spoke to me. He was like, "You're so caught up in that church. You, you're so caught up on what that church." But I put that church in that city for the city. I love my city. I said, "I love my city because my city is my field. The, the city is where I go into, and it's the field where I glean. And the church is where I go to get the utensils." The church is where I go to get the tools that help me with the harvest. But there's no harvest in here. Thank God for the tools. I praise God for the tools. I glorify God for the tools. And I glorify God for my fellow laborers, my teammates. I thank God for it. It's where I gain strength and it's where I gain education and it's where I gain tools. But I'm tired of the harvest looking around at a bunch of Christians. They got a handful of tools and no harvest. Education and degrees on top of degrees and 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 uh, skills and we can sing so what we can preach so what we, we we do all this so what we got a handful of tools and the field is still white yeah. and we bragging about our tools oh look man i've been working on this you know how sharp that is oh iron sharpeneth iron we sitting around here to Parties and hanging out and talking amongst ourselves and just you know, lifting each other up and, and gleaning from each other and sharpening our tools, and then we go out and we oh man, it's so nice, I don't want to mess it up. You ever bought a new shovel? Yeah. That new shovel shiny. But that shovel wasn't made to be shiny. Not while it was designed. That shovel was not designed to be shiny. It was designed to be stuck in the dirt. A new rake is shiny, but it wasn't designed to be shiny. It wasn't designed to be nice. It wasn't designed to be cool. A rake was designed to gather. Go through the dirt, through the muck and the mire, and pull out. We keep walking around with shiny tools and empty hands. No harvest. We just, oh, I I really got it. God's really using me. What's God using you to do? He's just using me to work at at the church, in the church. Let me tell you something. The highest position that you have in the church, the more requirement it is for you to be in the field. Because the greatest among you will be the servant of all. Get in the field. Talk to somebody that don't go to this church. Greet somebody tomorrow in the grocery store. If they smile at you or if they greet you, that means the goodness of God is already in them because God is love. And so all you got to do from that point forward is just make a connection. Hey man, what's your name? When's the last time you asked somebody? What's your name? Yeah. People don't care about how pretty the outside of this building is. What they care about is there there people in the room that have the tools and will use them to glean, to pull in. This building isn't big enough. We know that. Hopefully in Jesus' name, we'll be at two services before 2022 is out just need an amen. I, just need, I don't need all of you. just need one of you. Where two or three agree, we good. I didn't, I didn't, need, I didn't need the whole church. I just needed a couple of you. That's all really all I needed. Let a thing be established. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be a lot of work. So uh, because it's going to be a lot of work, here's what I need. I need about five more ushers. Brother, Brother all in the back, wave your hand. Wave your hand, Brother Aaron. I need five more ushers. About five more ushers. Brother Ricky Gable, raise your hand over here. I, I, I need at least five or six new, new parking attendants. Can, can you park cars? Can you, can you guide people to a parking spot? That's what, that's what we need. We, we need parking people. We, we, we don't have enough. The ones we have are stretched thin. And, and, and one of the worst jobs in this church is parking. And one of the best jobs in this church is parking because it's the first Impression. Yeah. We need people on the media team. We need people in the on on cameras. We need let let me tell you what we really need. We need some of you saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, awesome people of God to teach. Yeah, show up on Wednesday night and teach some kids. We got kids that don't have no teacher. Because say, folk want to be lazy. I'm calling you out today. I'm calling you out. All you want to do is come and glean and shine your shovel. But, but we need teachers to teach our children. Because it's hard for them to sit in here and hear me expound on things that their minds aren't ready for yet. Way over their head. I need you to break it down for them. So that they will understand so when they finally come in here. They'll have a foothold on what the word really is. So I need you to, I need you to do that. We need people to work in a nursery. Where's Sister Alicia, at? Sister Alicia Hurst? Where you at? Wave your hand. We need people to work in a nursery. You know what we're about to do? I am on the verge right now and, and, and just the next few weeks me and Pastor Stewart have been working on it already we're about to call an agency and hire strangers to watch your kids. You know why? Because you won't do it got a shiny shovel you won't do it it's too much I don't want to miss no preaching shame on you shame on you sometimes you got to miss it to function in your role sometimes you got to miss it yeah not all the time but sometimes we we need people to, to, to work and to help During 2020 and 2021, we saw our volunteer people dwindle. People just quitting. You're still coming. You just quit. I'm just busy. Well, I'm going to tell you, uh, really with the most kindness and and, and most pastorful heart I can, um, you can't afford to be busy. You can't afford to be too busy. To do the work of God, and for your local church, you know why? Because the harvest is coming in, and we gotta have workers in the barn, stacking harvest, preparing harvest. There's a whole system of what really happens. If I had another hour, which I don't, I would I would try to really break it down for you the whole process of harvest. But it takes so many people. One guy in the field can't do it all himself. It takes so many people to prepare the kind of harvest, the supernatural harvest that God wants to do in the end time. And he wants to team up with you. He chose you to team up with. So, if you'd all stand. We could be a church if we wanted to. We have the ability. We have the people. We could be that church that shines the shovel, looks good, has the cool things. Everybody looks the same. We could we could do that. Or we could we could be the kind of church that that if somebody visited us next Sunday from a different church. They have to look through the harvest to see us. Oh, there they go. I want to be the kind of church that that when you come in, you can't miss the harvest because the harvest is greeting you at the front door. Welcome to Truth Chapel. You go to church here? This is my church. That, that that the harvest bumps you out of the way as they're making their way down front to sing, I'm chasing after you no matter what. I want to be the kind of church at the harvest Beats you here and parks in your spot. Ooh, I pray it happens. I pray it happens. My wish for you is that somebody new would park in your place. That's the kind of church I want to be. That's the kind of church God called me to start here. That's the kind of church that we have today. That's kind of church is going what God's going to do in this next season. We got to go in the field and we got to get people that will grab and pull in everything. Sometimes it's going to be wheat and sometimes it's going to be tares. We're going to pull it all up and we're going to let the Lord do the separating. We're going to stop picking and we're going to let the Lord do the threshing. And you know what's going to happen? What's going to happen? You're going to be blessed. Your children will be blessed. Your household will be blessed. Your home will be blessed. Your marriage will be blessed. Yeah, you know why? Yeah, you know why? Because in verse 36 he says, And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. It's going to be some work, but we're going to rejoice together. It's going to be some pain, but we're going to rejoice together. There's going to be some effort, some energy, some sweat, some blood, some tears, but but both the reaper and the sower get to rejoice together. There's a wage involved here. I wonder today, I, I want to open this altar if you, if, if you want to come. Uh, but we don't necessarily have to do that today if you, if you don't feel like it. And I'll tell you why. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.